Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. We know tech. We are your hosts. I'm Scott, the teacher. And I'm Matthew, the tech coach. TNT EdTech Podcast, we're powered by Q. Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. I'm your host with Matthew Ketchum. And today on the show, we are blessed to have Becky Keen and Kathy Kersnowski. Becky is a director at I2E Insight to Execution. She is a professional learning guru, an international speaker, a Microsoft MIE expert, a OneNote junkie, an EdTech 101 know-it-all. So we are stoked to have Becky Keen on the show. And then next we have Kathy Kersnowski, and she's a tech integration expert, a global presenter as well, keynote speaker, MIE fellow, and Empatico, uh, Flipgrid, uh, student voice champion of the year, which is super cool. And she's a flip hunt creator and so much more. The list goes on and on. Both of these ladies are astounding. And we're having them both on the show at the same time because they are coming out with a book. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to be chatting with you today. Yeah, we're super stoked. By the way, Becky, what is the name of your book? Well, our working title is, and Kathy, correct me here, our working title is Sail the Seven Seas with Microsoft Education, uh, where C's is the letter, right? Um, seven C's in education. I love it. That sound good, Kathy? It's perfect. Yeah, we've kind of built the book around a framework of Seven words that start with the letter C. <laughs> Absolutely. You always hear about the four C's and then like curation, the fifth C. But what are the seven C's? I know. You want to take it, Kathy? See if I you can allow. Totally a sneak peek. Nobody's ever asked us this before. Ooh, we get the exclusive. Okay. All right. So, you know what? You are so right. This is how I, I've, you know, I've told my family and things that, yeah, there's always these four C's, right? Create, creation, collaboration, communication. Uh, what's the other one? Critical thinking. Um, and then we've heard people add on a fifth C of computational thinking. And so we added that one in. But this is Microsoft. And so there was something really important we needed to add to the beginning. It was another C. And because it's Microsoft, that's community, because that's such an important thing with, with Microsoft. And there's just a huge community of support. And we added one more chapter to the end, also that starts with C, a really current popular buzzword with Microsoft people. It was huge at E2 last year, uh, their big event, and that's change makers because so many people are taking these products and doing just great things for global goodness and making change in the world. And we're seeing that more and more. So it deserved a chapter. No, and I can totally see that. And I also see on your Twitter profile uh, that you have hashtag teach SDGs and that works perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm seeing them do so much with adaptive design, the immersive reader, the stuff they're doing with translate and the different AI items they're working in the background. 
it has really become a global powerhouse. And so Matthew and I are both honored to be MIE experts as well and to join the team. Uh, we couldn't be happier. We're proud of you too. <laughs> yeah. We are, as you say, we're we're thrilled, thrilled to have you on board. I've been a part of the Microsoft Education teacher community since 2005. And <clears throat> it's just something that, you know, I've seen evolve over the last 15 years, I guess that is about, um, into a space where the product teams are not only listening to educators, but they are desperately seeking, like, what do we need to do? What can we do to make this, you know, the very best that it can be for teachers? And then they're also using research and case studies and best practice and pedagogy experts to inform them on, you know, what could be done differently? What, where are the groups that we're not reaching? What can we be doing differently? And an example that I'll just share that just came out this week that I'm personally very excited about is that they've just added the Maori language to Microsoft Translator. So that's the indigenous language of New Zealand. And um, I've been fortunate enough to travel and work with the MIE experts in New Zealand a couple of times. And for them to be able to preserve a language with, you know, a tool. So, so not only, you know, parents who are coming in to parent conferences and being able to send newsletters in their native language, but also to be able to show their students their their culture um you know hearing them speak in that native language and and offer um words of wisdom and greetings is just beautiful um and so microsoft is is now helping preserve that language for the people um and and has a way to teach their the children who are living there and all over the world um the maori language so anyway just an example that's very clear and relevant that i love oh that's great and what other sorts of upcoming projects do you ladies have? What's one that you have, Kathy? Ooh, wow. So I'm thinking to the future. In January, uh, I will be an attendee at the, there's a Microsoft Innovative Educator Underground Summit, kind of a cool thing. Yes. Headquarters in Redmond, Washington. And I have to tell you, I'm excited out of my mind. I have never been to Microsoft headquarters. So I just, to be there, but to be there with the people who are going to be there, oh, mind blown. I'm so excited for that. And that's in early, mid-January. And then at the end of January, I'm going back to BET well, that's just super exciting. This will be my third year in a row going to that. Becky will be there as well. And mm -hmm. some of our other friends from I2E are sort of um, just kind of making a girl's trip out there this time. Um, and we happen, well, I don't think it's a surprise. So I think that there will be some other friends of Microsoft kinds of companies who will be there this year. And it will be really fun to be with them and work with them and um, maybe even present for them a little. Mm -hmm. That's a big, exciting thing in January. There's been so much. So Kathy and I are both involved, some on the same, you know, ambassador groups, and then we have different ambassador groups, but there's been so much of that hashtag better together happening where, you know, products are really starting to, to work together and to be integrated in a new and fresh way. And it's been so fun to watch. No, I completely agree. I wanted to 
backtrack a little bit, Matthew and I were planning on going to that underground summit, and I was really looking forward to going to it in particular, but here's what happened. I saw some super cheap flights uh, for Hawaii, and I love Hawaii. That's like my my place to get rejuvenated, and I totally forgot about the dates for uh, the Microsoft Underground Summit. And so I double booked. And so I'm not going to be able to go. I promised my family I was going to take them to Hawaii. So I'll still be having fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll take notes for you. Yes. Please do. And lots of pics. Yeah. The Microsoft campus is a totally original experience for, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who who haven't been there. I'm local. And so I'm like, eh, drive over, you know, but it's, it's pretty impressive when you can put into Apple maps building 92 and it maps you to the Microsoft campus. Like, I think that's substantial. They, they just know like that's where you're headed. <laughs> you don't have to put like the address. It's just, that's the name of the place in the world. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. That's so cool. So I was ben, really uh, looking forward to it too. Becky and I talk at least once a week as we're working on this book, it, you know, and we text and things like that in between. And so the other day, I think I was one of us. Was, oh, she was going to run a little late for a call or something. And she texted me. She says, oh, I'm, I'm just on my way back from the Microsoft offices. So I'm going to be a little late. And I thought, oh. Oh, look, isn't that lovely? <laughs> You're the only friend I have in the world who spent the day at the Microsoft offices over there. It was really neat. That was funny. I was up there um, demoing the HoloLens, too. It was super fun. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. I haven't been in the AR, VR space very much. I know, Kathy, I've learned, you know, what little I know about Merge from you and CoSpaces and so on. And so... It was really fun to um, be able to see, especially the difference between HoloLens 1 and HoloLens 2 and be able to experience that in the demo space. Yeah. There's some really amazing things happening with, with that technology. And it's really not broken into the K-12 yet. Um, and so we're there, there, even the team, the HoloLens team is trying to figure out where does this best fit? You know, where, where is it really a value add in K-12 education? Well, really... It's like 13 and up because the um, size and weight of the headset shouldn't be used for young children. Yeah, that's a great question. Where do you see that fit in, in Matthew? You're pretty inventive and inquisitive. I always like seeing what you're doing in your classroom. How do you think we could use the HoloLens in like secondary? Yeah, I don't know much about the HoloLens. Does it need a certain type of PC or what does it run on? It runs Windows 10. So if we went all Chromebook, we'd be able to use it? You don't need an attached device. Okay. It's a standalone. So it stands alone with Windows 10 running on the HoloLens itself? Correct. Okay, that's amazing. So I definitely see this for all kinds of simulations, all mm -hmm. kinds of, you know, if it's in science, for different types of experiments, if it's for field trips that you can't go out to, if it's even for like the CTE career, technical, mm -hmm. vocational type of trainings. I think there's just so much that could be done with the VR, AR. And I really, I'm really excited more for the AR, the augmented reality. 
And that's really the space that HoloLens is in, is the, the augmented. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's great. And so is there, uh, where are they at with the HoloLens right now for coming into education? Well, the um, that's uh, an interesting question. So I2E is actually working. I'm the product manager, project manager on, um, on that for the HoloLens team. We are working on some professional development for high school age um, educators. CTE is a focus, but not necessarily, you know, the end all where teachers will be able to see the components of how HoloLens could benefit their classroom, whether it's having one headset or, you know, maybe five and, and the different possibilities there. So a lot of possibilities in anatomy, um, physiology, science. Um, but also in any of the career and technical education classes where students are doing anything hands-on, really fascinating applications there. Um, and then and then there's the programming side of kids being able to to actually program um, apps and environments that that would then be used, you know, by other kids. So there's about 200 apps out there right now. Pearson makes Hololens apps for their curriculum. Um, it's just not. You know, it, it's it's definitely leading edge technology for for the K twelve environment. So we'll see where it goes. Definitely an excitement. So I'm also teaching an exploring computer science course, and if I ask my students like what their interest is right now, is definitely the VR headsets with the gaming. And so some are into the Oculus, some are into the yeah. HTC. Uh, some are really excited for like Half Life is coming out with a VR game. Uh, after like 10, 12 years, they're coming out with a game now, but it's only going to be exclusive to VR. And okay. So their excitement right now is in that in the VR yeah. area. I've I've played Minecraft in VR. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun. <laughs> I I can see that being extremely engaging for kids. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. They do that at Minefair. You can you know, line up and, and, and have a turn to do Minecraft in virtual reality. And it's pretty cool. On the HoloLens, I think at ISTE, and, uh, and it was like this simulated, you're working with a patient in the uh -huh. health facility, but it was just amazing. Even the information that you could have on that patient when you're working mm -hmm. with them as well. Yeah. And the thing that blew, blew me away the most in the demo, I'll just, share just a quick little summary of it. Um, I was a, a worker in a factory and a part had um, broken down. And so I put on, uh, you know, this is a simulation, but I'm, I'm in a room that's built like a factory. And I put on the HoloLens and then I touched, you know, in midair and, and called my support call. And a live person uh, came on screen. It was a Teams call because HoloLens is running Windows 10. Um, a team's call right here in my in my augmented reality space. I pinned her to the wall over there. And then she was able to see what I was looking at. So she walked me through shutting down the motors, um, removing the um, pulley mount. I actually did all of this. Um, she was using digital inking to augment my reality. So she would circle like take it off here, put it on here, add these buttons. She's dropping arrows in. Wow. My 
Yes. And then I, you know, successfully completed the mission. She dropped a Word doc schematic into my field of view. And then I pinned it up here on the wall and expanded it. I felt like Iron Man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> She's like, if you're done with that, just throw it away. So I went, whoop. <laughs> wow. So it was pretty awesome. And I can see, you know, massive benefit of job training, workforce training, um, you know, shout outs for help. Um, my husband even commented, I would, I would pay to have a service when I'm, you know, trying to fix something on my truck to have someone call in and be like, yeah, it's that bolt. Right. Yeah. The first responder training, I think it'd just be so great for firemen and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty, pretty amazing technology. You know, we see all the stuff about like pinching and zooming on a hologram and catching a, a hummingbird on my hand, but that, that like authentic, I, I need someone's help now. And for that person to be able to see exactly what I'm doing and, and help me in the space and direct me, it's just really impactful. Oh, you're absolutely right. I could see this being used in my bioforensics academy. So even though I'm an ELA teacher, I do a lot of bioforensics stuff. I'm bringing stuff in, we're exploring 3D printing. I could show them holographic images. We could do dissections in there. Even though that's not my content area, things could be labeled. We could still see that. And then maybe we can have conversations about it. We could write papers about that, do further research. And then that could tie in with their bio class or their other science classes and mathematics like hey you know what's what's the size of this can we measure the heart you know about how big is it can we compare it to you know fruit or something like they kind of do with babies in utero <laughs> i think that's a great a great exercise surely your students are doing informational expository writing and microsoft guides are are made it's it's kind of like a, a powerpoint of directions and images that's you know ar dropped into your space as you're working um and and kids can be writing those guides for other kids to follow step-by-step -step directions on doing something in the real world um it's digital learning at its best oh that's great and add in the other ai components microsoft is exploring and things like immersive reader and um what's the other one translate wow we can overcome so many barriers and we can give these students real world skills recently i met with someone in the additive manufacturing industry and they mm -hmm. met and talked to me about printing 3d parts for uh like the aerospace industry of course i'd need better machines than i have but we were exploring what that would look like uh, to have a lab like that and what kind of sort certifications like the students would end up with, like they'd be able to actually make more than me right out of high school right. if they had a couple years training with these types of things. And mm -hmm. the HoloLens would lend itself to that kind of training and application as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the points of the HoloLens team is wouldn't it be great if kids were leaving you know, their, their high school experience with job training that takes, you know, almost takes away that first year of voc ed if they're going into a field like industry or mechanics or engineering or architecture. 
um, where where those real environments are taking place. And because of the augmented reality, they have an opportunity to have access to some, you know, additional um, resources. That's amazing. What kind of work are you exploring right now, Kathy, with AR, VR? I know you've dabbled in that quite a bit too. Um, yeah, for mostly I've been kind of working with Merge, the team from Merge. They're based in San Antonio. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by the possibilities for education. I remember when Merge first came out two, three years ago. And, you know, it was the cube, the cube craze. Everybody got those cubes for like a dollar. And, you know, the world went crazy. And I remember I went and got mine for a dollar. I remember scanning it and there you could, you know, see the, I don't know if you, have you played with it? Yeah, totally. With the solar system, you know, so they had the Galaxy app, which was free, and you could scan, and the, the solar system was in your hand. You could literally, like, turn it around, and you, know, you could touch Venus, and an information box would come up and tell you a little bit more about it, and so fascinating, definitely engaging for kids, just amazing stuff. And I remember tweeting, this is probably two or three years ago, gosh, I really hope this company figures out a way to break into education some more. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've seen, but they came. So now they've 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 they have their free apps. So they still have that one. They have another really popular one called Mr. Body. They have a really cool one called Rubik's Cube, where you can actually like solve a Rubik's Cube in augmented reality. But then they've come out with um, another app called Merge Explorer, and they've put all of these educational cards or, or almost like capsules in there, and each one is its own experience. It's amazing. It's got something for everyone. It's tons of science concepts and some other things too, where it, it, it each one is a unit. It's a mini lesson. And one of my favorites is um, they have a Venus flytrap one. So, you know, you, you open this card or whatever, and you read a little bit about the Venus flytrap. And there's a picture of one, you know, it's a high def picture. But as you scroll down this card, the next part is a little bit more focused text about it. By the way, it also has the immersive reader. So, you know, you can enable that and have it read to you. It's pretty awesome. And then all of a sudden there's, you know, you need the cube because for that next picture to really work in augmented reality, you have to scan it. And there's a Venus flytrap. And it, it kind of opens and closes, you know, it's moving, it's animated and the parts are labeled and you can pinch in and zoom and go back out. And then you can touch the sky and make a fly appear and a little fly will go into the, the belly, I don't know what it's called, of the Venus flytrap and it will close and it will eat the fly. And Oh my goodness, our kid. And that's just one card on this thing. They probably have, I don't know, I think they've got 30 or 40 cards now that cover everything in science and art and math. And they're just, they're just adding content, adding content all from that little cube, making magic. And they're, they're really tying it to education and they're friends with Microsoft. Wow. I just looked at the app. That's amazing. I hadn't heard of their merge Explorer app. This is incredible. It is. I'm going to, I'll tweet something for you later and then I'm going to tag you in that tweet and you'll be like, whoa, no way. <laughs> it's all the different cards that they have in that Explorer app. It's amazing how much content they've been adding. Please so this, do. This fall, I just have to share because this totally blew my mind. One of the MIEs from around the world um, posted a picture of a 3D merge cube in OneNote because we can embed 3D you know, files into OneNote PowerPoint um, and then manipulate it. So she added a, a 3D merge cube 
as an object in OneNote and then used her app and then rotated the OneNote. So it, it was the coolest thing. Like she didn't have the physical cube. <laughs> just had the picture of it a picture of a 3d cube in OneNote, and then could scan it from there you just blew my mind that's the most incredible i, I didn't i, I did <laughs> it when it was posted because i was like what <laughs> the most i thought i went to a merge cube training once at, i think it might have been isti and uh they just they made a big cardboard um, oh, fun. A merge cube, but to have a 3D model of it in OneNote—that's amazing. Yeah, OneNote or PowerPoint, you know, both yeah. 3D models. So I thought that was pretty fun. I mean, it, I I like the physical cube because, like Kathy said, there's something to holding it in your hand and you know being able to expand and touch things. But you know, when in doubt, and you're at home and you don't have your cube, <laughs> to get more access to more kids. I had a, a tutorial floating around on Twitter where I had I had taken one side of the merge cube and uh, photocopied it and blew it up, whatever, and I printed on iron-on paper, reverse printed that, and then put it uh, on a shirt. And so I okay. ironed on this one side of a merge cube onto a shirt, and then I would walk around and tell people to scan me. You know, <laughs> And I did. I wore this even at Flipgrid headquarters a couple of years ago. And people were just like, no way. It's a great way to sort of get people hooked on Merge and show them what's out there. But then all of a sudden, you know, nobody's looking at my eyes anymore. They're all playing Rubik's Cube on my shirt. <laughs> but it's been really fun. And I presented for Merge at ISTE last year. And I wore the shirt even there just because when people pass you by and they see a shirt that says, scan me with your Merge app, um, they just re they really want to do that. And it's a great way to expose people to it and even to wear it into the classroom and have your kids sort of play with it in that way. It's not the same as being able to pick it up and turn it around, but it's a good hook. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're absolutely right. And I think it's okay to just have these moments in the classroom or in education where students just play with stuff. Play and being imaginative is so important. And ultimately, you can use that play and those connections made and those fun moments to then connect with you know, the standards-based material that you need to cover, the skill-based material you need to cover. Right. Um, it's just an age-old recommendation, right? When we pass out the rulers, you know, the first thing half the students do is put it on a pencil and make a helicopter. And, <laughs> like, I don't understand why we don't, like, I, I would give my students, I would say, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes, be safe, do everything <laughs> you want to do with this ruler, and then we're going to learn how to measure, you know, because it's so <laughs> important to get those, that play out, and they... You know, by the end of five minutes, I'd say, what do you do notice about your ruler? And now they, they know so much about it because they've been interacting with it for this whole time. So we do the same thing with, you know, all the digital tools now, right? Like play with it first. And I do that kind of where Flip Hunt came from, right? So Flip Hunt's just a, a scavenger hunt and flip grid. But you know where it's being used most is with teachers for PD. I mean, that's kind of how we're getting it out there to set the hook with teachers. So they're not coming and just sitting and watching. Here's how you do flip grid. Here's how you teach flip grid. Here's how you can use flip grid. They're literally playing kind of a game. You know, they're doing a scavenger hunt and flip grid. And that's 
that's what flip flip hunt is all about come and play and be immersed in it and see the magic and how fun it is and now you go out and apply and create and think of how you could use this with your students your learning objectives your curriculum in your setting and uh, that's that's just fun too yeah that is so cool what else are you doing with flipgrid because when i think of flipgrid i think of you like i said you are the student voice champion of the year this year. Uh, I feel like you're one of the queens of Flipgrid, not the only one. We have many talented educators using it, but you're definitely one of the ones I follow closely for that tool. Uh, what are you doing most recently with it? Uh, my latest my latest thing has been Flipgrid's augmented reality feature. I've just been posting a lot about that. I had done a webinar for somebody, so I kind of saved all my slides. And I came up with like 22, 23 different ideas so far for ways to use the augmented reality feature in Flipgrid, which is basically, you know, you're using Flipgrid anyway. The students are doing it. They're creating videos. It's just that there's sort of a, a hidden gem. There's a hidden feature. Any student's video has a QR code. All of them, every one that you've ever done anyway in Flipgrid. So it's just knowing that it's there and printing it out. You can scan that with your photos app and just have a regular you know video play or you can use the flipgrid app scan that same qr code which is going to be there anyway and all of a sudden it comes off the page it pops out that you can pass your hand between the video and whatever it's wherever the qr code is and so it just adds a little spark of magic to it and so i've been sharing a lot of ideas for things that we can do with that you know, I have a question for you, Kathy. Have you ever worked with Christina? I believe you pronounce her last name Halswise. Yeah, I know her. Yeah, she does amazing work. Like, and you both cover different things. I really loved her scratcher idea. So she took those AR codes and um, she encased them in. Um, it's escaping me right now in laminate and then put this glittery silvery kind of paint over it and in layers and then kids could scratch it off and then they won points or won certain things wow. and it gave them that thrill and I could just see this sparking so much innovation in my yeah, students. We've done, we've done similar things with that. Like if so, if you're not super artsy craftsy, which I'm not, um, you can do the same thing and you don't even need to laminate it first. But I think I've shared the link on Twitter and I can share it with you too. It's Amazon has these, honestly, you can buy a roll of 50 or 100 little round uh, scratch off silver things. It's a sticker that you just, it, it's got a clear backing and then the silver on top and you literally can just put it right on the paper over those QR codes. And it just makes it makes it go faster and easier, and it's the same idea. But I, I I'm think just I saw that. That sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 Oh, great. And fun. don't forget, don't forget, those QR codes can be just screen snipped and dropped into anything digital. So kids right. can, be, you know, telling their stories through Sway or a Wakelet newsletter or whatever, and then and then those QR codes are popping off with kids telling their voice. Um, inside of maybe something they've designed, like a Buncee or a Genially, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Right. Well, Grown-ups could even share their voice. And you never know where that could appear. I mean, it could, heck, it could even go in a book. Hey. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> yes. That's a cool idea. Love to consider it.
Yes. Oh, I wonder which C that would fall under. So uh, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Wait and see? Are you yes. trying? No, it's just very punny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to. As an English teacher, I have to roll out the puns. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a long day today, so <laughs> the puns were rolling. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Wakelet. Uh, I'm an ambassador, just like you ladies. I love that tool. I love the integration with AR. What are some different Microsoft integrations or just integrations in general? How do you propose people use Wakelet to maximize its potential? Oh, man, where to begin, right? Right. There's so much, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, Kathy knew about Wakelet before I did. I discovered Wakelet for myself last um, January at BET London. And I had a call with James from Wakelet. Like so many people get started. So, you know, someone <laughs> is like, hey, I'll, I'll let, I'll show you how it works. And, and it, you know, in the first 10 minutes, I thought, this this saves my life. I mean, I'm a huge OneNote user, but Wakelet has a very different niche of keeping all of my web-based content organized in these collections. And um, and then once I realized that I could share those collections with others anonymously without a required login, um, doing development <laughs> experiences, I thought, oh, this is gold. You know, I can from my mobile device add something that we were just talking about and now everyone in my session has immediate access to this resource um just the fluidity of it um is amazing and and that's just you know the core tool right and then once i got into it i started seeing the the opportunities for portfolios and storytelling and newsletters and um research content and then they started playing you know around with Microsoft and it's just gotten just like through the roof better it's been so exciting with Flipgrid integration OneDrive integration immersive reader and now the sorry I'm just totally like okay. no keep going it's all good <laughs> I, I love that now you know maybe 90 percent of all the content you put in a wakelet not only do they have immersive reader, but they have this new read option. It's, I think, technically still in beta, but when you click that read button, it launches in a new tab. Um, so let's say I added a website, you know, for kids to read from National Geographic Kids to a Wakelet. When my students click on that article, they can choose to open it in immersive reader view from any web browser on any device anywhere in the world. So they've really single-handedly brought Immersive Reader to every platform and every piece of content that exists. And that is massive. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go I've been back. using that so much, the Immersive Reader, and I don't know why. It just hasn't crossed my mind to use it in the way you just described. My mind was spinning. I have a ton of EL students this year and struggling mm -hmm. students. And we love using Immersive Reader and it's helped so much. And now Good. I can take it to the next level. So thank you for sharing that. What do you have to add, Kathy? 
Well, I just want to jump off Wakelet for a second and mention um, Edge Browser because, you know, in Edge Browser, that's also got that same capability. So if your students open any article or you for kids and there's a great article, if they just right click on the page where they'd like it to start reading, there'll be a small drop down menu and it says read aloud. So they can have pages read aloud in Edge Browser, which is super nice, too. Mm -hmm. But back to Wakelet. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> Everything Wakelet. I just, I use it for, oh my gosh, I've stopped, I've stopped paying another company that I used to pay $80 a year for to make my newsletters that I send out. And I use Wakelet for that. I just, I get so excited about Wakelet that I've, um, I stopped using another, another web tool that I had been using for years that I was paying $80 a year for. And I use Wakelet exclusively for my newsletters, for all of my newsletters now, because you can drop, you can drop everything in there. You can drop PDFs. You can just put text. You can put pictures. You can put lots of pictures. Um, you can, you know, you can, anything that has a link, a web link, you can put in there. Now I can activate the Flipgrid camera right from it within there. So if I want to make videos or explanation kinds of things to insert in there, I can do that. And yeah, just this week they announced OneDrive integration, which is awesome because now I can seamlessly share everything from my OneDrive. I tried it and I tried it hard the very first day they told me it was coming. So I put a, a really graphic intense PowerPoint in there and then I dropped a whole OneNote in there. Yeah, they all open in there too. I, I, it's just one-stop shopping. It's for everything. Wow, way to push it to the max already. I haven't been that brave yet. So, yeah. hey, good to know you've already tested the waters for me. I don't have to worry about it. I can just go right in with my students and not really have to worry about overloading it. Uh, Matthew has a cool tip he shared with me uh, with Bing, the search. And Matt, do you want to share that tip that you taught me this last week, Matthew? Oh, yeah, with the app. Um you can use the camera to go over any math problem that's written down or in a book. And it's very similar to the AI math feature in OneNote where it will help you go step-by-step -step how to solve mm -hmm. the problem, but also give you uh, quizzes based on that type of question type, which is amazing. It is. That sounds like some interesting computational thinking stuff. Yeah. So the math tools in OneNote do something similar where you can, you know, solve the equation and then run immersive reader on that math pane and then and then you get the translation. But the Bing app is is pretty helpful. I I my I let my son use it at home to check his homework. Oh, well, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. He just scans the problems in and and checks his work because I'm like I could stand there with a calculator or you could do this like just so <laughs> yeah and for kids who, to develop student agency to teach kids that that's there yes it'll let them check their work but I totally love the fact that it will generate that practice quiz as well so you can do up to 20 I think it's up to 20 now up to 20 problems in the same style as the problem you were just trying to learn how to solve mm -hmm. I did, you know, some kind of algebraic formula for the very first time. I'm like, I think I got that, but I need a little bit more practice. I can turn that on for myself and just generate seven new problems and then try them. And then I could, of course, go back into OneNote or the, the Bing app and then check that work for myself. And as somebody who values learners who love learning and, you know, intrinsic motivation, I just think that's such a powerful tool that they've given us.
Yeah, you have definitely, Microsoft has these really unique educational apps. I mean, I don't even know another tool that even compares as good as what OneNote is doing. Mm -hmm. Immersive Reader is, you know, leading in that area. Then your digital inking, Microsoft's really taking that on. AI built into your apps. You're doing the AR video discussions. I mean, there's so many unique uh, applications that Microsoft's offering in the classroom right now that there's not really other tools that compare to it. To showcase a lot of those in the book that we're writing, like everything that you just mentioned and so much more, things like paint 3D and make code and you know, we're, they're doing so much. They're all over the place and we just, we really want to represent them and it's not it's not the book that we're writing is not a how-to manual it's not a hey look at this product it's not a we're going to describe every product that microsoft made but makes but through that seven c's framework we are highlighting the tremendous work that's being done by incredible educators from all over the world we've reached out we've gotten their stories how they're using it and when you you're, you will read and you will be inspired and hopefully you will think we can do that too. Because honestly, it's humbling to hear about the work that educators are doing around the world. Um, that it's completely humbling to hear these stories and know that, you know, making a difference is legitimately possible for kids. No, that's what it's all about. That's why we got in education is to help people. I think back to my own educational career as a youngster. I started doing coding and graphic design when I was 11, 12, somewhere in there, but people weren't really doing it. It was really hard to access things. I taught myself a lot. I had to play with code a lot and I was going to the library, getting these books and uh, they weren't very user-friendly. There was all this huge block text and then there were sample bits of code and that's actually how I learned. I kind of reverse engineered and did this kind of backwards design, design thinking. That's how I taught myself. I figured out, okay, if I move this here and I put this here and I change these parameters um, or I put this address here, will it take my users to this link instead of that link? And uh, that's how I taught myself HTML and a little bit of JavaScript. Nice. Yeah. Really cool craft event recently and that exact thing came up we were trying to figure out in minecraft how, how to code how to code an agent to build a i think it was a fence and <laughs> we couldn't quite get what we needed somebody in the group couldn't quite get what they needed and finally minu rami was there and she said let's go find that code somewhere else somebody's already written that so let's just let's go get it and we'll bring it over and then we'll tweak what we have to tweak to make it work and it was brilliant it worked it worked wonderfully well, thank you, Becky and Kathy. This is incredible what you're sharing. Uh, we're, we're really looking forward to the book and uh, reading all about the teachers' stories and what they're doing in the classroom with student learning. Is there uh, places that our followers can find you out there in the social medias and the Twitters? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I would highly recommend following Mike Falson on Twitter. He's the principal product manager for education for Microsoft, and he puts out the updates. Um, all the product teams put out their individual updates, but if you were going to go grab, you know, one handle to really capture a lot, you would be him. It's at M 
Falson. Um, and Kathy and I both retweet a lot of his things, so you'll see it from us as well. Um, and then uh, definitely just follow the Microsoft Education handle at Microsoft EDU. I'm at Becky Keen, super simple, um, and love to connect with you on Twitter. Thank you. And Kathy? Well, I was I probably would have said the same ones that Becky said because I follow all of those religiously as well. I think I'll just throw in um, because it's a, a newfound passion and I'm trying to learn it, throw in at Playcraft Learn, which is Minecraft for Education's creative Twitter handle at Playcraft Learn, because that's what you do. And also at Microsoft Teams. I learn a lot by following that Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh my gosh, just at Flipgrid, Flipgrid. <laughs> the people that work for Flipgrid, like amazing, just daily, daily barrage of, of awesomeness. So that's super fun too. And you can find me on Twitter at Kirby. So that's K-E-R-S-Z-I. Sometimes they joke and call me Kersey from Jersey. <laughs> well, thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate your time and thanks for sharing. And I can't wait to get our hands on the book. So keep us updated. Dude, Let us know when it's coming out. June, we're ready. Just in time for ISTE. At the latest. June is, yep, June is when it's happening. So Okay, I'm coming with my copy. I expect signatures. We oh. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank well, you. thanks again. Thank Take care. Thank you for listening to the TNT EdTech Podcast. You can follow us on any podcast player of your choice. Also on Twitter at TNT EdTech. Follow us on the web at www.tntedtech.com. And we're really happy to be sponsored by Q, a nonprofit, a community inspiring innovative learners. Q inspires innovative learners by fostering community, personalizing learning, infusing technology, developing leadership, and advocating educational opportunities for all. You can find Q at www.q.org and be sure to check out their blog with updated posts each and every day at www.q.org forward slash on Q. Again, that's q.org forward slash on Q. And check out all the amazing events and conferences that Q is offering in a community near you. Thank you.